goes to um, James. James chapter 5. James 5 in verse 7. says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, a husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and have long patience for it, until he received the early and latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draw of nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, and the Lord is very pitiful and, and of tender um, mercy. And I want to focus primary on verse 9. Where it says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. You know, after an offense happens, people can get their feelings hurt, right? Anybody get hurt feelings when someone causes an offense toward you? Um, and, and, and then what could end up happening is, we could get feelings of bitterness. You know, when we were wrong, we defrauded. And then we could refuse to forgive. Therefore, we end up holding a grudge against even our Christian brothers and Christian sisters. Stages of bitterness are developing a long-term grudge. So oftentimes it could be being sensitive, sometimes being overly sensitive, yet sometimes maybe it would be, be expected, but over a verbal remark, action, or a lack of action, or sometimes it could be something that is totally imagined. It could be something that's maybe misheard or misunderstood. There's been times where I've offended people and it, and it was something they said I said that I know I never said. Never happened to you? You know you didn't say something to someone, but, but they think you did? I've had that happen even during preaching. You know what? Where I was preaching something, and they heard one word, and they, they thought I said something that I didn't say. And so that's where the Bible says, be not many masters, be not many teachers, be not many instructors, um, for we shall receive the greater condemnation. We get judged by things we didn't even say, but we're perceived to be said. And there are other times where maybe I've said things, just kind of trying to joke with them, but then someone would take it to be offended by it. You know what? Any of you ever put your foot in your mouth? You're just trying to have friendly conversation? You know what? And there's times where it's not like, you know what? There's times where I said something just trying to be funny, and then my wife gets on to me later. 
and says, no, you know, you don't say those kind of things. You know, you might run people off. And, uh, and, and so that's good to have a wife that kind of lets you know how things maybe could have been perceived, even when it was just met in fun. And, and, and just, you know what, they tease, they tease me too. And so why can't I tease a little bit back? But so it's good to have a wife um, to kind of help keep you balanced at times. Amen. But sometimes we could become sensitive to a remark that's made. We could get hurt feelings. And then we could, that could end up building to where we feel repulsive um, toward a person at the thought or sight of that person. And then we end up retaining the wounds. And sometimes we could get to a point where we're frequently talking about it. We're talking about the offense. And this person might not even know they offended you. But we keep talking about it, either to our spouse or um, to, to our friends. And it, and it could be something they don't even know they hurt your feelings. Then over time, sometimes what we end up doing is avoiding the person. You know, we see them at the grocery store and then we're like, okay, I'm not going down that aisle. I'm going to go hurry up and go over here. And we start avoiding um, them. I think it's hilarious when I see people avoiding me. It's just hilarious. You know, someone that, you know, that's maybe been offended. There's people that have been offended four or five years ago. And they still avoid me when they see me. And, you know, just the other day, you know, I saw a family and went to um, shake their hand and, and ask them how they're doing. And, and they wouldn't budge. They, and they wouldn't even say anything. And, and, and then the rest of the family followed suit. What a sad testimony that is. And so, you know, I could end up getting bitter that they're bitter against me. And I'm not bitter against them because I'm mentioning it from pulpit. I didn't say who it was or anything, okay? But I feel sorry for them. They're, they're, um, they're hurt um, by silliness from years ago. Um, but I try, I don't tell them it's silly, okay? You know, that's not how you try to reconcile things by telling them they're being, they're being dumb or being oversensitive. You know, I think you husbands know if you tell your wife they're being oversensitive, it usually doesn't end very well. But me stating it from it now, they were very sensitive and it wasn't really anything I, anything I did or anything. But anyways, they avoid me now. They don't, they don't want to say anything. You know what? And you know what? Every once in a while, I'll still, you know, I'll maybe write a note just saying, hey, you know what? Just praying for your family. And I guess these people, you know what? Even if someone, you know what? Say they don't like us anymore. You know, we still care for them. You know what? They have a soul. They have spirit. You know what? They're a child of God. And I hate to see families get bitter because um, I see what it ends up doing to their family. And um, in the meantime, they could end up being again out of church completely, or um, they go to another church and they continue defiling others because of their bitterness. Then they um, people start to verbally slander um, people. When you know, if we're hurt, we could end up slandering them verbally. And what we end up having is a lack of obedience to a spirit-filled walk. Um, you know, if the other one, let's say the other one was wrong, they caused an offense to you, and they were in the wrong. But by us becoming bitter, 
we could end up becoming like what we, what we despise. You know, you just picture yourself the one that is getting so upset and saying, you know, this person's always gossiping about me. They're always slandering me. Well, that's what you're doing to them now. You're doing what you don't like them doing to you. Um, some characteristics of a person that is holding a grudge would be that they would care very little about the person they're holding um, a grudge against. They end up becoming very touchy, always on the edge. Um, they're, they're ready to jump. They're ready to freak out. You know, sometimes you know what? Sometimes you see this, you know what? Even in the marriage relationship where, okay, you know what? If, if, so, if someone's on the edge and then you say something and maybe you're going to give a compliment, but they just assume you're going to say something negative. Now, that would never happen in our home, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, we're fallible just like everybody else. And, and I haven't reached a perfection the Pope has. Um, I'm just kidding. He hasn't reached perfection either. He needs repentance. He needs Jesus is his Savior. And so wouldn't that be amazing to see a Pope get saved? That would be incredible. And then for him, you know, at recount stuff and say, you know, I've been teaching a workspace salvation. Um, I, I tremble before the Lord. Um, I repent. And you know what? Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone. That would be incredible. That would be awesome. A person holding a grudge could, would become ungrateful. You know, they could end up giving empty flattery or harsh criticism. They find it difficult to forgive. They um, display either stubbornness. You know, you see it. You know, they even maybe would come to church. You know, it being all, you just they have a stubborn countenance. Or it's just a sulky countenance. If, oh, woe is me, I have it so bad. When there's someone else, you know, in a wheelchair, has his health issues, and he's always laughing, giggling, has the joy of the Lord. You know, let's not bring the sulky attitude to church, all right? Now, if you come, you did have a bad day, still come to church, but let people try to help you, okay? Okay, let people try to encourage you and stuff, so... Don't not come to church just because you're being sulky. But don't make a habit out of being sulky. Um, oftentimes you'd be in a bad mood and refuse to communicate because of resentment. And often these people will help no one um, or when they're asked to help, they'll, comp they'll complain about it. And and they'll experience mood extremes. They'll have high highs and low lows when it's someone that's holding a grudge. Now, it is not wrong to feel hurt. Okay? You've been hurt by someone. But it's how you deal with it that makes all the difference in how it affects you and what happens to you. You know, carrying a grudge is like being... Stung to death by one sting of a bee. Now I understand some maybe are highly allergic, but just assume and say you're not, and someone gets stung by a bee. Does it hurt? Absolutely. 
But do we need to act like it's the end of the world? Act like we're going to die? Act like that God doesn't care for us? Absolutely not. Holding a grudge hinders our relationship with God. Here, the, okay, the Bible says, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. When we're holding a grudge against someone else, it is hindering our relationship with God. You don't believe me? Well, let's turn to Isaiah. Okay? Isaiah 59. Okay, so the Bible says, Greg's not. So if we disobey that, would that be a sin? Would that transgress against the law of God? Absolutely. Isaiah 59 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Praise God for that. You know what? God could save anybody. You know what? God, God, God could choose to save us. And, and you know, it's, his hand is not shortened that it cannot save. His ears are not so heavy from everybody praying that he can't hear anybody else. He's not distracted. But he says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You know, when we are regarding iniquity in our heart, when we, when we are having sin in our life, and that includes holding a grudge against one another, God won't hear us. You know, you'll be talking to you like a brick wall, just hearing your own echo. Turn to 1 Peter 3. And we'll see the importance of, you know, our relationship with our spouse. You know, sometimes that's the person we hold a grudge against the most is our spouse when an offense um, is caused. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Giving honor unto the wife is unto the weaker vessel, and is being ears together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. You know, when our relationship is not right with our spouse, our prayers are going to be hindered. You know, you could be praying for your marriage all you want, but if you're not trying to make effort in trying to have reconciliation, it may, your marriage may just get worse. So we see when we regard iniquity in our heart, that God will not hear us. God will judge us for being unforgiven. As we read in James 5.9 that, you know what, the judge stand at the door and that we're condemned when we continue to hold a grudge. And then go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 11. I need a volunteer. Who wants to come volunteer for something they don't know what they're going to be doing? <laughs> All right, Gage. Come on up. I'm going to have you eat something very disgusting. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. It's going to be something different. So you just stand right here, and um, we'll get to it after I read this passage. But Mark 11, verse 25, says, And when ye stand praying, forgive, 
if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Ouch. We are holding a grudge against someone. You know what? God's not going to forgive us. Yeah, we may be forgiven in the sense that, you know what, our sins have been washed. We may have eternal life. But He'll allow us to go through consequences in life because we refuse to forgive. Hinders our relationship with God when we grudge against someone else. Holding a grudge is like carrying a burden. Okay, I want you to hold this, okay? Let's keep it away from that stone, though, because we don't want you to break that, okay? We just got up. So you hold that, okay? Okay, could you hold it with one hand? Okay, you're doing a pretty good job trying to balance it out, okay? You're pretty tough. Must be that football. Got to go watch them play football yesterday and his sister do some cheering. Did a good job. But what, what's something that maybe is mean, that something could hurt your feelings? What, what, what would make you upset? Would make you upset? Say that again? Okay, okay. His brother just annoying him? Okay, 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 okay. What's another one? What's something else that, maybe something at school? You know, you ever have any bullies? No one's ever picks on you. You're just a likable guy, huh? But, but if you did have a bully, say someone just always said mean things about you all the time. That wouldn't be nice, would it? Okay? And let's just say you're just mad back. You go to school and you're always angry with him. Okay? Here's another burden. All right. All right. So what, 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 what did you put in your pocket? Coins? Your offering? You didn't put your offering in the offering? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, your, your grandfather skipped you, huh? <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, now, while you're holding that, I want you to get those coins back out. Okay? Okay, go ahead and put them in the offering. Come on, try, let's try. No, don't drop the rock, though, okay? We don't want to make a hole in our new floor. All right. Well, you're, not, you're going pretty slow. You look like you're hindered. Okay, you know what? Go, 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 go give your dad a hug, okay? Okay, be careful. Don't drop the rock on the organ, okay? Okay, and don't, don't, don't hurt your dad with the rocks, okay? No, no, get your arms all the way around them. Come on. Don't, don't hurt them, though. All right, you're, you're struggling quite a bit, okay? Would this be fun to play football like this? Well, it'd get you stronger. It'd get you a lot stronger if you just did that. Okay, it's a hindrance, isn't it? Okay, Could, would you be able to brush your teeth like that? Would you be able to go to sleep like that? You know, once you fell asleep, it'd probably fall on you and stuff. So now go ahead and... Give me a rock. This is where you forgive me, okay? You forgive me for not having your, the children's Sunday school notes ready, okay? And then go ahead, give me that. Okay, now you don't have that burden. Now you could go ahead and try to put your offering in the offering if you want.
I'm not telling you what to do. That's just if you want to do it, okay? Your free will. Okay, now go give your dad a hug. Oh, wow, much better. And you know what, kids, adults? When we hold a grudge, we hinder our relationship with God and we hinder our influence on other people. There are things that we cannot do effectively if we hold on to a grudge. If I, as the pastor, hold a grudge against one of the members of the church, you know what it does? It hinders my ability to effectively minister to them. And say there's there's a problem that needs to be dealt with, but I'm holding it as a grudge, it's going to be harder or impossible to try to bring restoration. And it's going to be impossible to be right with God when I am wrong in my heart towards another brother or sister in the church. And you know what God could do? God could just take things away. You know, it could be financially. It could be, okay, you know what, you're bitter against this person. Okay, you know what, I'll go put them in the church where they're going to grow and where they're going to thrive. You know what, there's different things. You know what, God could chasten us. And God will chasten us. The jug stands at the door. And we stand condemned when we hold a grudge toward one another. And so that's where the Bible says, grudge not toward one another. It ends up being a burden. ends up being a hindrance. With him holding those rocks, that did not hinder his brother and sister from being able to give their dad a hug. It didn't hinder them from putting their offering in. It hindered him. And when we hold a grudge toward one another, it's not usually causing hurt to the other person. That maybe we're wanting to hurt. We want to hurt them because they hurt us. Again, many times they don't even know you're still upset about them. And now sometimes you do know. Like I mentioned earlier, there's times you know, I know they're upset with me. I try to do my best, try to bring restoration, bring reconciliation, but it comes to a point where, you know what, the more I try, the more it aggravates them, and so it's kind of like you're in a rock and a hard place then. You're trying, you know they're at ought with you, so you try and make restitution, but then it just aggravates them more. And uh, maybe that's what the Bible talks about, how you know it, doing good to your enemies, and it heaps a coal of fire on their heads. You know, if they're going to be mad at you, let them be mad at you because you're being kind, because you're being gracious. Don't intentionally try to aggravate them more or anything, but if they're going to be aggravated with you, let them be aggravated, aggravated for you trying to be a blessing. Go ahead and turn to Ephesians 4. I'm already there. I'll go ahead and read it. Ephesians 4, verse 30. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You've received the forgiveness of Christ. So we likewise are to be able to look at Christ as our example and be willing to forgive others. You know, when we don't forgive, 
we are falling, falling right into trap of the devil. Go ahead and turn your second Corinthians. But we're, fall, we're, fall, we're, we're following the devil hook, line, and sinker when we don't forgive, when we hold a grudge. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 10. It says, To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So you know what, kids? When you get so mad at your brother or sister, and you're angry, Satan has you trapped. He's taking advantage of you when we don't forgive. And you know, we got five kids, or six, one in the womb. And you know what? Kids don't always get along. But you know what? They do end up making up. You know what? They do end up getting along. You know what? They maybe had a fight the day before. Tomorrow, they're not holding a grudge. Okay? They, 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 they forget about it. And you know what, that's where the Bible, you know, it talks about coming to Christ. You know what, it's, it's a child does, simple faith. Same way, we ought to forgive like children do. You know what, you know what, many times, you know, as parents, we could provoke our children to wrath. You know, we could, we could um, if we're disciplining not out of love, but just out of frustration and anger. And you know what, later, child forgives you. You know what, they move on. And so you know what? When we don't forgive others, Satan's taking advantage of us. He's taking advantage of our testimony. Um, and don't, get, don't give him that pleasure. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Matthew 5. One of the things I love about preaching pastoring is that I learn and I grow. Just like, you know, you think of a teacher, you know, teaching their students, it forces them to learn and grow. But one of the things that I would learn, and I, I, I is, sometimes, I'll probably so say it sometimes, but I was going to say when we started, we won't be along and stuff. I was like, I'm not going to say that because that doesn't always work out that way. See, I've learned. You know, Burr Bramley, he, he might not learn in Sunday school. He said he was closing like five times. But that's usually the trademark for Baptist preachers. Amen? But we are almost done. Okay? Hopefully I'll follow through, okay? But I thought it was just going to be like a 15-minute message as I was getting ready. Um, Burr Bramley was bragging about how wonderful this uh, message was yesterday. And that's because it was the shortest one he's ever heard from me. I asked him, I go, is that because it was... As short as you've heard. And he's like, not the shortest I've heard, but the shortest I've heard from you. I think the message part was only about 10 minutes or so on the actual message. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. says, Ye have heard that it have been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. 
But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and send of rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And so we're to love those that even mean ill toward us. Even those that have despitefully used us. Saying I forgive, but I won't forget, just means I won't forgive. Now there are in some situations, okay, someone's a repeat offender, okay, you're going to be pretty dumb to keep falling for the same trap over and over again, okay? Okay, like say you're trying to help out, like say where it's a family member or a friend who has a drug addiction, and then you give them money to help with a need, and then they buy it on drugs. Okay? Okay, you may forgive them, but in those kind of things, it may be something you don't forget. Because if you just keep on doing it, you just enable the behavior. But when it is simply a personal offense, okay, someone's done something to you, and you hold on to it, you don't let it go, it's just going to be like carrying those stones. It's going to hinder you. It's going to hinder your relationship with God. It's going to hinder your relationship with other people. Forgiveness costs us because it bears the penalty of the other person's sin or fault against us. Forgiveness is an activity of the will. You know, you don't just say, you know what, I'll forgive when I feel like it. Once I get the feeling of forgiveness, then I'll forgive. Now, there's times where we need to overcome that obstacle and forgive even when we don't feel like it. And that's hard. That's hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. But through Christ, all things are possible. Forgiveness is surrendering my perceived right to hurt you back if you hurt me. Key word, perceive, as well. So we're not to hurt back just because someone has hurt us. Go ahead and turn to Proverbs 25. Proverbs 25, verse 9. It says, Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to another. Lest he that hear of it put thee to shame, and thine infamy turn not away. So you know what say say, you know what? Let's say James and I get in a dispute. Okay? We had a dispute, and maybe it was even publicly, you know what? Maybe other people saw it. And then you know what that could cause us to get me even more frustrated, because we're also embarrassed. And, and so there's an offense. Well, let's say nobody even saw it, okay? Nobody saw it. We just had a dispute. You know, the Bible doesn't tell me to go and tell everybody or um, just say, just boil about it and, 
It says, debate thy cause with thy neighbor. And so I'm going to go to James and go, James, you know the other day you, you really hurt my feelings. Okay? You hurt my emotions when you said you hated cats and stuff. I'm pretending to be my daughter right now. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay? Okay? And then, and then he made, and then you know what? Then he could talk about, he goes, oh, you know what? I, w- I wasn't saying I, uh, I hate cats. I was saying I hated the cat I had because it scratched all my furniture up. Which is every cat anyways, by the way. Okay? okay? But we could discuss it and, and get it worked out. And it could have been perceived or maybe it was a real offense. But by talking to them, we get it solved. But if I go about and just start complaining about it to other people... Is the Bible says, it talks about, you know what, lest other people hear it, and I infamy not be put, um, be restored, basically. Which is like basically say, instead of going to him privately, okay, say it was a little bit more serious of a matter, and, and we took each other to court. Go, you know what, I'm upset. You know what, he built his fence on my property. Okay, and then take him to court over it instead of just discussing it and saying, hey, um, you know what, this is part of our property line. Um, and you know what, could we try, you know what, maybe I'll help you rebuild it or whatever. Try to bring restoration um, or try to um, come to a solution. But we go to court about it. And then, and then before the court, um, then, you know what, there's the attorneys, and then there's the judge, and then they actually end up coming out and going, actually, Jason, you know what, you think he's five foot on your property? Actually, you know what, he owns 15 more feet. And then I'm put to shame. And I, like, everybody else heard it. You know what, I thought he was on my property, but I've been using his property the whole time, so to speak. And so that's where we're to debate our cause with our neighbor, you know, with, with friends, with our enemies, you know, try to work that out, lest our infamy not be put away. That means basically your reputation is damaged. It's damaged in the eyes of other people because you allowed yourself to hold a grudge against someone and you did not try to get it right with that one person. When we forgive, we do not bring it up again. So we read this verse last week. An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. The graveyard digger. You know, always trying to dig up the past. You know, Psalm 139. We'll go ahead and turn there. Psalm 139. In verse 23, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You ask God to show you your hurtful ways. Norma, could you please go ahead and come play the organ? Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me 
and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. That's something we need to pray on a regular basis. Because sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we're holding a grudge, but we don't see it as holding a grudge. And so, you know what? Ask God to search me. Search our hearts. Ask God to search your heart, reveal any hidden hurts or resentments that you may have buried. Confess your sin and ask God to forgive you. You may find it necessary to go to someone. Sometimes you don't need to. You know what? They don't even know you're upset. You know what? It's just kind of between you and God. You know, forgiveness will cost you your pride, but that's a good thing to get rid of. Psalm 119, verse 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Try to be that person that has great peace. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. John Gill said this, Nothing shall disturb their minds and break their peace. Nothing from without, though sin, temptations, and desertions do, not outward afflictions, the reproaches and persecutions of wicked men, nor the reproof of good men, nor what God does to them in a providential way, though in the world they have tribulation, in Christ they have peace, which the world can neither give nor take away. There is no stumbling block unto them. Try to be the person that does not hold grudges. And your life will be way more peaceful. And you go ahead and spend time, you know, in prayer. You know, asking God to search your heart. And if you don't know Christ is your Savior, you know what? You could come forward, you know what? Let me know and we'll go in the room and show you how you can know for sure you have eternal life. Dear Heavenly Father, please reveal into it in our lives, Lord, in our heart, if we do have any bitterness, if we are holding on to a grudge. Help us not to feel resentful towards those that have a grudge toward us, but help us to manifest the Spirit of Christ. Help us to grow in our walk with You. In Jesus' name, Amen. This Wednesday, we'll be having a vote on our...